0: A reader lives a thousand lives before he dies. The man who never reads lives only one. That's a quote from George R. R. Martin, the author of Game of Thrones, a book which is made into a series later on in the TV. And welcome everyone, this is the first topic. We're going to talk about readers are leaders. Together with me, Chris,
1: and this is Joe. Thank you, Chris, for the introduction. My name is Joe, and as Chris already said, this is the first episode of the BSJ podcast. Readers are leaders is our topic. Do you agree with that statement, Chris? Yeah, I do. An average person
0: reads two to three books a year, and an average CEO
1: (laughs) reads 50 to 60 books a year. Do you believe that? (laughs) That is quite incredible indeed. So maybe there is something to that. Do you think also, we have seen a rise in book sales across the UK and across the US in the last year or so. Does that, does that have to do with the statistics? I think so,
0: especially during the pandemic, right? When people need to stay home, they need to, um, you know, have something to stay engaged and have fun during home. So the statistics here is in UK, 30% increase in fiction books. And in US, it's even further, it's 66% rise, but in a children's book. And we believe the love of reading should start since the beginning of your growth, right? Since children. But those are the stats in UK and US. I don't think I saw any of those here in Indonesia. Do you think so?
1: I was going to say the same. Because from my own experience, if I think back to when I was young, when I was a child, I would see kids reading on buses, in, uh, in restaurants. <laughs> whereas nowadays, I only see them on iPads, I (laughs) I don't see anyone ever picking up a book again, so are we perhaps facing a a crisis, are we perhaps going to lose a generation of leaders? On that, we are going
0: to hear an expert opinion. So we are now together with our speaker, Mrs. Gabrielle Wong, she is the Head of Libraries at BSJ. Hello Mrs. Wong. Hello. Can you please introduce yourself?
2: Sure, uh, my name is Gabrielle Wong and uh, I am the Head of Libraries and this is my second year at British School Jakarta. And, and you've
0: been as a li- working as a librarian for how long, Miss? Well,
2: uh, I let's see, this is probably my 12th year as a school awesome. librarian.
0: <laughs> well, with those kinds of experience, I believe you yourself love reading, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. And,
0: and do you think children should also start loving reading since the beginning of their learning journey?
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think this is not this is something that every parent would agree. Um, they everyone believes in the value of reading, and everyone has always tried to you know find ways to encourage reading. Even you know that's the reason we have books that. Are meant for you to be reading to your child um, you know even as they were infants
1: mm, okay how many books would you say do you read on average in a year
2: oh um
1: Ta-da-da. probably
2: between Fifty to a hundred.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. Even beating the average CEO.
2: Well, I I feel like because that is part of my job, but I I don't th- I honestly don't think that I would be reading as much if it wasn't part of my uh, job to be reading.
1: That's okay. That makes sense. And what does a school librarian do? What does your usual day look like? Um, do you teach? Do you spend most of your time working and organizing the library itself? Give us a little bit of an overview.
2: There is no usual day. There is no typical day for a school librarian. And what that looks like will differ from school to school. uh, And it will look different um, depending on if you're serving a school with 500 students or a school with 1,200 students. But if I were to generalize, I would say that, you know, um, a small part of my day is dedicated to the administrative stuff, making sure that the library can operate. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, hopefully a large part of uh, a school librarian's day is engaging with the readers. So we're making sure that we have the resources and the space that is appropriate for students to work and engage with information. So it's not just about reading for pleasure, although that plays a really huge part in a school library, but as a school library, library is also a place for learning. Mm -hmm.
0: Can I take you back to the previous story by Joe, in which students might not love books as much as what we used to see back then. Do you see it in Indonesia, Miss?
2: I think what is interesting is that reading may look different, you know, in this day and age than what we remember Mm -hmm. as reading, right? Mm -hmm. So right now, reading can happen when a child is in front of a screen. We have Kindles, we have tablets. So, reading might happen when they're looking at a screen Mm -hmm. and they're not just, you know, reading from a print book. So, sometimes this might cause a parent to forget that Mm. they're actually reading, but it's just not the way we remember, we grown-ups remember, (laughs) you know.
1: (laughs) Looks like you're exposing your age. (laughs) I definitely am. So, is there a difference for you? Do you think... Do you think reading should happen with physical books or is is reading a Kindle essentially the same thing?
2: I think that there's a difference and I'm pretty sure there is science out there to talk about how reading from a screen um, differs from reading from a print page. And you know, this is something that's really interesting. If you ask the students themselves, a lot of them do prefer having a print book in their hands mm. when they are trying to read, to relax their mm. brains. So they may not always choose that option, but if they have that option, they would probably choose that as well.
0: Yeah, I know, it feels different, right? Holding a physical book when you can turn the page, it's just so relaxing, it's, it's almost therapeutical. You're not only reading, mm. but you're also Having your mind focused at the same time is the and environment, is the, the sensation. With with all of those readings, Miss, um, can I take you back? What is the ideal age do you think children should start reading?
2: Honestly, I, I can't say that there's any ideal age. It's really exposing children to reading as soon as you want. Like as, as we talked about, there mm-hmm. many parents really start reading to their child. You know, even before they were born. You know, you read to a child in, in utero because they can hear, and then that, that you know has that bonding experience. And we have all these baby books that are available. So reading, you know, is an integral part even from a very very young age.
0: So, as a librarian yourself, do you uh, are you are you tasked to grow the love of learning through throughout the school?
2: I think that is an absolutely key part of a school librarian, and reading for pleasure, um, mm-hmm. encouraging reading for pleasure. Um, I personally, for myself, when I um, speak to other people, I said, you know, yeah, I'm a school librarian, but really, what a, one thing I love is to encourage, you know, for students to be joyful readers, mm. you know, not to be smart readers, but find reading to be joyful in whatever that means for students, so absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. And when we think about reading as, as a key part of the children's development, both intellectual as well as just basically maturing, does it matter much whether they are reading fiction or comics or other things, or do you think it has to be books where they are specifically learning something, um, or can it just be anything?
2: That's a really interesting question, and I and I know that parents are, are always wanting, a, you know, a very easy answer to this. But I what I will say is, you know, maybe we, we, we can talk about this um, using data, you know, and I want to bring in, you know. Um, a sort of uh, a study that was done, it's called the Kids and Family Reading Report Mm -hmm. and this is done by um, Scholastic, which many people are familiar with, which is a book publisher. Yes. Um, So, what Scholastic has done in um, different parts of the world, in the United States, in the UK, in India, in China, and in Australia, they have surveyed children, but also their parents, about reading habits to try and find some sort of commonality, some sort of themes and some sort of data Mm -hmm. to kind of figure out, you know, what makes readers, readers. Mm -hmm. So your question about, you know, what, you know, is it better to read fiction and nonfiction? I guess I will answer this from the survey is that, you know, what are the important things about how readers become uh, lifelong lovers of reading Mm -hmm. is that they have choice. They have agency in selecting what they want to read. Mm. So, you know, I think the the question that us parents and adults have to ask is, does the child have options to choose the type of books Mm -hmm. that they read?
1: So what you're saying is, as a parent, if my child is essentially only reading comics and Let's say fiction I, I don't need to be concerned this is <laughs>
2: absolutely not I think that you know a child will find their way as they're growing they will find their way around other options and because they are in school you know it's my job as a librarian to help them explore those options so if they are in a pattern where they're just reading the same types of books over and over again, mm-hmm. there's a reason for that. Your child might be, you know, it, it's it's very comforting to read the same things over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, you know, because of the time that we're living in now, you know, with, with a lot of stress for our child and all the trauma that we see in the world, it's okay to have something that's comforting to your child, you know, and that's something to help them grow, really, in order, you know, in order to to, to find a time when they're ready to try something different.
0: This is my opening. So, are you telling me that as, as a head of librarian here, you are observing child's um, interest in books and you see if they're reading the same topic all over and over again and you're recommending them to try new topics to read
2: sure yeah and that's 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 the fun part about this is is getting to know a student's (laughs) reading habits and being and supporting that interest and that's part of building a student's passion for reading is supporting that choice if it is your choice to read fantasy books and only fantasy books there are a lot of fantasy books they're all of different quality and of different they're all of different quality and of different uh, reading difficulties, mm-hmm. So it's not just you know uh, it's not just one size fits all. Mm-hmm. So really, it, it's not a, a bad thing for your child to only read comic books. Comic okay. books can have very high text level reading. Comic books have uh, uh, complex storytelling. Mm-hmm. All of these things that uh, are. Useful, you know, to learn to develop, to develop their literacy skills.
1: <laughs>
0: so it's very important to grow the child's love of reading first, because as we can encourage them to read, they will read more. They will expand their knowledge. They will expand their titles. Is that what you're you're trying to say too, Miss? Yes.
2: Absolutely, and this is again based on the survey results of that Kids and Family Reading Report. Is that? when students are asked well, why do they keep reading and what is the predictors of you know readers in a later in it when they're older mm-hmm. is that they have the option to choose what they want to read and that's very important and they also have supporting supportive parents who give them that opportunity to choose
0: interesting i would oh man if i am still at college i would love the library even more back then i remember <laughs> being at the library i I never get someone who can encourage me to read or even pay attention to what I read and recommend me some books. As I learned in BSJ, we have recommended titles that changes every month. Yeah.
2: Sure, absolutely. Um, and this is the information that we share with parents. Um, when we have new books, uh, we put out recommended reading lists and that is information that can help parents you know, guide their child um, mm. into suitable books that feed the child's interest as well.
1: Okay. I'd like to try and take it back again and to a more practical or, or applicable level for for parents and listeners. So firstly, uh, as I understood you you said there really isn't an ideal age to start reading, right? You could basically start before they're born to spark their interest in in uh, stories in stories and in basically being being around books. Mm-hmm. Obviously they can't mm-hmm. read Absolutely. them themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. Is there but is there a flip side? Is there like a point where it's like, okay, now it's kind of too late and probably they will not become interested in reading anymore? Do you observe something like that?
2: So what's interesting in and in bringing it back to you know data, so the Kids and Family Reading Survey has found that across the world, there is a consistent dip in frequency of reading by readers as they go up in, in school age. So... Ooh we see younger children in primary school read very frequently okay. and this dips um, as they move up to upper primary and uh-huh. onwards to middle school. Uh-huh. And so I think it's usually at this point where I, as a school librarian, have concerned parents, you know, usually around, you know, when they become tweens, you know, 12 or 13 year olds, mm-hmm. parents start saying, you know, oh, my child is not reading anymore. <laughs> um, he used to love how to, uh, to read and things like that. What can we do? Um, so hopefully listening to this, parents realize that this is a global trend mm-hmm. and it's not just mm-hmm. your child, it's you know, something that happens very often uh-huh. um, for many different reasons, you know, as we go up year levels, reading time has to compete with their, their times, mm-hmm. the other times, where their uh, academic workload increases, you know, a child becomes more social, so they start hanging out with friends and things like that. So, however, one thing we did learn from the reading survey is that children who uh, have that joy of reading when they do find time even though they don't read as much still find joy in reading mm-hmm. um, what we do know is that from the survey uh, for older kids you know around 12 to 17 that what pre- what are some predictors to make these children frequent readers is to have parents themselves who
1: are frequent readers mm-hmm. that's is that just because of the role model function or is that...
2: Yeah, absolutely. So it's not just modeling, but yeah. absolutely, you know, it's just seeing an adult in your life, being readers, um, mm-hmm. shows a child that reading is important. So it ingrains in them really even subtly that reading is an important part of being an adult. Yeah. If we mm-hmm. see an adult saying, oh, I have no time mm-hmm. to read. Think about the, uh, you know, message that that sends yeah. to a child and beyond that, parents being able to talk about books with a child is so important to kind of um, develop those you know interests in reading at this age to be yeah. able to talk about books to be able to talk about interest, there's something that interests the child through books can help a child to continue to love to read
1: mm. how important for fostering this kind of bond and uh and connection over books how important is it let's say that the parents are reading the same book or at least know what what is currently in fashion in the, for the children and in their age so for example in and I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself again but when Harry Potter was all the rage how important was it that the parent actually knew what was going on so that they could talk with the child about the book or is it just like oh let, you're reading your thing I'm reading my thing is is that good enough to model I think that's an
2: interesting uh, question and I think that falls to an individual but I think those both of those things are uh, could play a part, mm-hmm. you know, not just... I think it's important knowing uh, having an understanding of what uh, the child reads and being aware of the type of books that they're reading so you can continue to support that interest. Mm-hmm. But also just being a reader yourself and showing that you love what you read can be such a huge factor uh, in encouraging the child to read, and this is not from any scientific um, research, but from my experience and empirical evidence. A lot of students who are strong readers have always, you know, in conversation with me, said that my my uncle you know was talking about this book, you know, or yeah. my dad shared yeah. this book with me, and things like that. So it's not it's it's not just having to know what your child reads it's just sharing your own joy and your passion about reading can really help show them you know, what it's like to be a reader in a, when mm. you're an adult.
0: I think I can relate to this very much. I think it's many people are not conscious that as a parent, when we're reading and our kids see us, it gives them a, a sense of, you know, I want to I wanna know what my parents are reading and we're engaging, it encourages us too. I think that is a good start for a parent, mm. right? And I'm, I believe everyone has a book at home and every children would love to, you know, be able to discuss. Maybe they're curious of what you're reading and mm. one day they, they can be, um, start to love reading just because they saw the activity.
1: Again, coming back to the role modelling of the behaviour, how important is it that the parents are reading books or if I'm, let's say, if I'm reading a magazine, if I'm reading Economist or The Times magazine, something that also obviously takes my time away to, to read, is that kind of modeling the same or is that kind of saying, I'm reading the news and therefore you're reading your fiction and that's not the same?
2: I, th- I think we should absolutely place equal importance mm-hmm. to reading uh, the news uh, as important as reading fiction mm-hmm. because we're talking about the enjoyment of reading and that can take on many forms. Agree. And absolutely, I think reading news and reading period or reading magazines is mm-hmm. something that Maybe that's something that we need to, you know, encourage younger kids, mm. you know, to rediscover. I don't know. If maybe you know, if this is a, a, a something of a random question. Do you remember reading uh, magazines that you enjoyed when you were growing up?
1: Interesting. Mm. I. I mean, yeah. Growing up uh, in Germany, we had um, we had these magazines that were specifically for teens growing up. Yeah. It was either
2: Entertainment magazines, for entertainment, yeah. yes, about sports, maybe. sports,
1: football, film industry, that yeah. kind of thing, yeah.
2: And that's absolutely something that you know we can encourage students to pick up because I feel like because sometimes it can be challenging to you know read a full book, mm-hmm. you know there is you know value in appreciating reading the news and magazines, you know where you're learning something and you're feeding into your interests, um, particularly if you're talking about you know younger readers, you know mm. gaming. They yeah. love, to, you know, <laughs> okay. if we can have gaming magazines where we talk about Pokemon and Fortnite, mm. feed that interest and, you know, find magazines that can, you know, help them learn about gaming and computers. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, okay. maybe perhaps a little segue, but obviously being an international school, having children of various nationalities mm-hmm. and, uh, and mother tongues at the school, how important do you think is it to be reading in the language of your School education, i.e., in English, or in your in your own language, so to say, is there is there a difference in, in terms of what it does for your development, for your appreciation of, of reading, or, or is is it basically enough if they read essentially?
2: Right, I think that a lot of the time when we are in, at in an international schools, there's a lot of emphasis where a parent would like to see a child succeed in the language of instruction at the school. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, or sometimes. That might take away time for a student to grow in their first language. However, I think as a, as a librarian, I have seen the importance of having a solid first language skills. So I recommend that you know students actually read in all the languages mm-hmm. that they're speaking. You know, some children, you know, that's a wonderful thing about being in international school is that some of us have more than one first language, mm-hmm. and I absolutely encourage reading in different languages.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's great. Well, I think that was a really, really uh, insightful conversation. And uh, I think you have shared, you have clearly shared uh, your passion for reading and the importance of it. And, and I'm not that I wasn't convinced before, but I'm even more convinced now. Mm-hmm. Um, and my son, who is uh, seven years old and just beginning to read, um, I will definitely uh, try to implement all the things that you have, uh, you have shared here today. So, Chris, do you want to help us wrap it up?
0: Yeah. I think bottom line is, we all, we all believe that reading is not overrated. We can emphasize that reading is a breakthrough habit, therefore it's very important to us to start fostering the love of reading since um, we were young. And it's not too late, even if, if you may be one of one of you who are listening who haven't read much books, it's still a good start, it's still a good time to start now. Because as we go back to the first quote, if you never read any books, You only live one
1: life. Mm. And how boring could it be? (laughs) That's an excellent, excellent way to tie it back up. (laughs) So thank you everyone for listening to this first episode of the BSJ podcast. If you enjoyed enjoyed the show, if you got something out of it, we'd love it if you gave us a a rating and a review. Do follow us on social media, British School JKT on uh, Instagram. Um, Our website is bsj.sch.id. And do leave us a comment uh, on our Instagram about what book you are planning to read in the next 30 days. Thanks for listening and see you next time.